here's the deal. I am here to have fun with you, but I'm going to say this. I'm not here just to entertain you, all right? I'm here because God sent me here. And it was thank God because of a pastor named Daniel, all right? Pastor Daniel hit me up and was like, hey, man, I think you should totally come out. I began to pray for you guys. I was like, Lord, give me what to say. Give me the very thing that's going to matter to these people in this room. I'm not your speaker who's just like, hey, I got a cool canned message. I'm going to go grab it real quick, and it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. I'm just going to speak it, and hopefully it hits. No, the Lord actually told me to go to a completely different route, a completely different message, and I believe that God wants to anchor some people's lives in this particular room in this service. I was praying in the back during worship, and I was like, Lord, what's the difference between the last service and this service? He goes, this service is the one I want to anchor people's lives. Now, what do you mean by that? You're probably going, what is that, what's that have to do with tonight? Well, I'm going to read this scripture tonight, and everything's going to make sense, okay? So would you read the scripture with me tonight? Come on, we're going to put up on the screens. Matthew 7, 21, these words. Somebody say it with some stank on it. Here we go. Not all who sound religious are really godly people. Interesting. You know that little emoji that, like, puts the, the chin right here, and it's like, hmm. That's what makes me do. Okay, keep going. Here we go. They may refer to me as, but they still won't go to, pause, hold up, back it up, back it up, hold on. Did that just say there's going to be people who say and call him Lord, but will still not go to heaven? Is that true? That's, that's what the Bible says right there, right? Question, does that mean it's possible for even people in this room tonight who say, who call him Lord or go through the motions and go to church, is it possible that even people in this room might not go to heaven? Is that possible? Interesting, interesting. Okay, I'm not saying you won't, but that's very interesting. Last but not least, read it with me. For the, the decisive question is whether they do what? Obey my Father in heaven. Turn to the person next to you, put the fingers up like this, it makes a big O. Say, obey my father in heaven. Say, obey my father in heaven. Somebody tell me, what's the difference between just believing in something and obeying something? Somebody talk to me. Action. Girl, two taps and a salute. Girl, come on. All right. Action. Somebody say, action. That's exactly what that's saying. And you want to know what? Here's the harsh part, friends. This is the reality. Too many people feel called to believe in Jesus, but not obey him. Too many of us feel called to believe that God exists like the devil believes, all right, that God exists. But just because we're sitting in a church does not make you a Christian. Just because you know his name doesn't mean you're a Christian. You've got to have a real relationship, and you've got to have a thing called action in your life, which scripture talks about is obedience. And you want to know why this is, this is crazy. Barna group is this, basically this studying group did a statistic. They literally studied like tens of thousands of thousands of teenagers that actually transitioned from high school as Christians, just like you guys tonight. They, they literally did a study and watched and found out where they were at in their faith just by the second semester in college. Check this out. Nine of ten Christian high school graduates walk away from God by their second semester of college. Nine of ten. Now, let's just pretend right now, 
Let's say there's 50 people in this room right now, okay? Cool. Ma'am, I need you to stand up. I need you to stand up, sir. Go ahead and stand up, sir. Stand up, sir. Stand up. Okay. One, two, three, four. And uh, you. You. You stand up now. You stand up. Okay, here we go. Ready? (laughs) Creepy voice. Okay. Watch this. Ready? According to the current statistics of what they've studied teenagers who live for Jesus and then go to college. According to, to the statistics in this room, if the statistics stayed the same way that it is right now, these five people would be going to heaven and everybody else would not. So, um, so I'm going to clap for the five of you that's standing up right now. Great job. One-handed clap. Um, the rest of y'all going to hell. How you feel about that? You didn't like that, did you? Do something about it. Give it up for these people as they stood up so boldly. Come on. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, friends. The question is tonight is plain and simple, all right? It's not just about believing in God, okay? It's not just about believing in him. It's about being a disciple of Christ. Now watch this. Scripture says this, James 2.17. Faith without action is what? Death, spiritual death. You can have all the faith you want in the world, but unless you're living it, unless you're actually walking this faith out, it equals death, my friend. And I need you to wake up today that this is not just us doing church. This is not us just having feel-good moments and patting each other, you know, on the back and being like, hey, let's go sing these, you know, awesome songs. No, friends, faith without action in your life. Question, if I followed you around with a video camera and Jesus by my side, and we duct taped your mouth so we wouldn't hear any of the words that you said, but if we just followed you and you couldn't go to church, we just followed you in your normal everyday life, question, would we find a Christian or not? We saw what you did behind closed doors. If we heard the conversations, if we checked your DMs, if we listened to your music, if we notice how you treat your family, would we see a real Christian or yet somebody again is calling themselves a believer but not walking it? Here's the deal, man. Matthew 24, 13 says, the one who stands firm until the end will be saved. So this brings us up to two things. Number one, tonight I have to ask this question. Which are you going to be? High schoolers, oh, I love it. See, you can tell I'm a high school pastor all day. I just talk so differently. High schoolers, yo, which one are you going to be? Mom and dad, they can't tell you what to do anymore because you're not listening to them. You need to make a decision. You should, now, pause. You should be listening to your mom and dad, though. They're way smarter than you, and they've been through everything you've done and back. <laughs> they just haven't told you all the stories, or maybe they did. I don't know. Here's the deal. You got to make a decision, man. Look, some of y'all are sitting on a fence. You got one foot living in the world, doing your thing. You got another foot over here in the church, and you're like, well, sometimes I'm a churchy, sometimes I'm a worldy. Sometimes I'm a churchy, I'm over here, sometimes I'm over here. Yo, the Word of God says this, choose for yourselves this day who you're going to serve. Make a decision, man. Don't be lukewarm. Make that decision. And here's, here's the question. Which one are you going to be? Are you going to be the 90%? Are you going to be the 9 the 90% that walks away from God in your second semester in college. Who in here is a senior? You're, you're about to graduate. Yo, friends, are you going to be one of those, another stat? Are you going to be the 10% who stands up and goes, nah, uh uh baby, I'm not walking. I'm going to rewrite that statistic. I'm going to make a change. Somebody say, yeah, if you're with me tonight. 
So here's the two questions. Number one, which will you be, 90% or the 10%? How do we never become a statistic is number one. And number two, how do we stand firm until the end? And here's the deal. If you listen tonight, I'm going to very shortly in the next 21 minutes, I'm going to show you the exact steps you need to take, literally the exact steps you need to take, that you'll, one, never, ever become that statistic. And number two, you'll never, ever go back. You'll always stand firm. Who's up for that tonight? Is anybody down for that? Is that cool? Can I pray for us? Let's do it, man. Come on, lift your hands up if you feel comfortable, all right? Come on. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for these three steps, Jesus. I thank you. You're anchoring people's souls tonight. Father, I thank you that we're not here to play games. We're not here just to do church. We're here to be the church. We're here to be your sons and daughters. So, Lord, anchor souls tonight, God. And we thank you that no weapon formed against us prospers in Jesus' name. And nothing can stop you, Jesus, from taking over our lives, our family, and our city, except for us. So, Lord, we're saying yes and amen tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it out. Number one, you got to answer this question, okay? Step number one, if you're taking notes, you should be writing this down. If you're a high schooler, you should write it down. Here's why. 37% retention rate jumps if you write stuff down. Do you know this? 37% uh, retention rate, okay? Number two, if you actually say yes with your, with, with your words, your, your, uh, your mental focus, and writing stuff down and get engaged with your body even, do you know that your retention rate of anything you learn goes up by 64%? Who in here wants to quit wasting time in church and you actually want to live this thing out, right? So, man, you best be taking some notes if you're a high schooler, okay? So let's go. Let's go. Awesome. Here we go. Number one, you got to actually answer this question. Number one, are you a believer or are you a disciple? Are you a believer or are you a disciple? Question, what's the difference between these two? Plain and simple, I'm going to read this out for you, okay? Matthew 7, 21 says, not all who sound religious are really godly people. They may refer to me as Lord, but still won't go to heaven. For the decisive question is what? Whether they, say what? Say what? Say what? They obey action. They're living it out in their life. Check this out. You want to know the difference between a believer and a disciple? It's like this. Believers talk it. Disciples, we walk it. We actually live this thing out. You say, man, I'm going to church. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about here, friend. We're talking about all the components that it takes in order to be a Christ follower. Pause, 30 seconds. Turn to the person next to you, and I want you to ask them, what are going to be the main components that we need in order to be a fully committed disciple of Jesus? Go. What do we need? Simple stuff. Simple stuff. Go ahead. Do, 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 do. Okay, okay, the time's up. Cool. Awesome. Somebody raise your hand. What are like the four main components, three main components that you're like, yo, we need this in order to be a fully committed disciple? Pause. Uh, what's, what's a fully committed disciple? What is that? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? It literally means to become a mini-me version of him. Y'all, you're, never mind, that's an old movie. Mini-me version, okay? Mini-me, okay? Mini-me. Okay, so here we walk, rock this. Literally to live, actually we're going to put this up on, on the screen. Literally to live as Jesus did. That's what being a disciple is. Walking like him, talking like him, but in our own flow, and our own flavor. Does this make sense? Say yeah. Awesome. Somebody tell me, guys, tell me, what, is, what do we need in order to become a fully committed disciple? You need God. Amen. Absolutely. That's, that's a good one. Okay. What do we need to do? My man. 
Sacrifice. Okay, interesting. I like that. Good answer. Pray. High five, bro. That's good. My man. Be in the word of God. Come on. Awesome. Ladies, where you at? So all my ladies. Yeah. Nope, you didn't like that. Cool. That's cool. Um, ma'am, what, what do you think is one of the main components of being, a, of being a disciple? You need the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Great. Putting yourself around godly people. Friendship. Oh, yes. Yes. All right, last two. Here we go. Dude, talk about him openly. Evangelism. Awesome. Love. Dude, loving people, right? Um, we said read the Bible. We said, somebody said, did anybody say pray yet? Okay, cool. We said prayer. We said friendship. Awesome. Man, is there anything else I'm, I'm missing? Does anybody, anybody think we should worship him? I don't Maybe put him above everything else. That's good. Okay, that's cool. Awesome, all right? So here's the deal, all right? Once we've made a commitment, all right, to be a disciple, which means to live as Jesus did, we have to have these components into our life. Our life. Here's, the, here's the deal. Lordship means ending life on your terms and embracing God's. It's not living life my way. It's living his way. And whatever he's saying, it's having these components of building a relationship that can stand the test of time through our conversations, through reading the word, through prayer and all these pieces. So here's the deal. Step number one, I need you to make a commitment. Make a decision, man, pretty soon, please. Are you going to keep being just a believer or are you going to be a fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ? Only you can do that. And you know what a picture of that is? It's like going out to an island that you know is full of the enemy, and you're like, that's my island. And it's literally going out to the island on boats, and then it's literally taking a torch, burning all the boats, and being like, this is my island. You know what this is? As Christians, we make the decision, I'm living completely for Christ, and I'm never going back. Burn the boat. Girl, I'm going to go there for a second. That's like being like, yo, I'm going to delete his number. Guys, it's like, you know, I'm going to delete the app right now because I'm not going back anymore. I'm a fully committed disciple of Jesus. Somebody say, yeah, if you're with me. Let's go. So check this out. Step one, decide. Are you going to be a believer or a disciple? Commit. Make a decision between you and Jesus if you're going to go all the way in or all the way the other way. Make a decision. Step number two, everybody say, why to cry? Here's the deal, man. We all know we're supposed to read our Bible, but we still don't do it. Why? You're like, Pastor Nate, hold on. I, I see a girl saying it right now through her eyes. She's like, uh, I read my Bible. Um, you know, I'll be reading that. You know, girl, look, that favorite verse on, on you version every single day that pops up on your phone on the notifications, that does not count. You're like, oh, read the Bible today. <laughs> Good. Girl, you didn't even open the app. You just saw it on the front screen. It was like, yep, I read the Bible. No, player, you got to read, really read this word, okay? So here's the deal. You need a why to cry. What does that mean? You need a reason to read the word. And this is the deal. You're like, it's people who are trying to lose weight. They'd be like, yeah, you know, I just want to lose weight. And my reason why is because I would look good in a bathing suit or bikini. Cool. And then you're like, 6 a.m. comes up. It's like, eh, eh. You're like, oh, but I'm so tired and it would be cold. And then there's all these reasons why not to wake up. Does this make sense? Okay. But because you don't have a why that makes you cry, something that literally goes, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'll say it real quick, my dad died of a cancer. Don't worry, we're not going to go down a whole dark path. My dad died of cancer. I never worked out in my life. But once I started realizing that I, too, have a lot of the same stuff that my dad and my grandpa before me has, and some of the things is the change of my diet, that some things the change of me taking care of myself, you best believe I had a why to cry. Does this make sense? I had those three little babies, and I was like, Nate, get your butt up. God, God needs you to get up because you need, you need longevity in your life. Does this make sense? You need a why to cry. Question, this is, this is going to help you out. 
why needs something in order for it to stick to you? You know what usually it is? Your why has a name. Question, close your eyes right now. Who in your life does not know Jesus Christ that you care about deeply? Who's that person? Get them in your mind. Once you've got that person in mind, I want you to just raise your hand for me. It could be a family member, a best friend, coworker. You got it? Who's that person you care about deeply that doesn't know Christ? And some of you are like, man, I don't even know. That scares me too because that means you're hiding in the church too much. We need to make sure we're finding these people because they are definitely out there. Question, is it possible that if you don't live your life fully on fire for God, if you don't live as a fully committed disciple, is it possible, you can put your hands down, is it possible that that person may never come back to Christ? Is it possible that you might be the only Jesus with skin on that they will ever see? Is it possible that Jesus put you on planet earth for such a time as this to live so vibrantly in love with God, to know him fully, that all of a sudden when people get around you, they go, who are you? What do you have that I want? It took a best friend of mine to be so on fire that I was so attracted to go, dude, what did you do? Why are you so different? And it was real. And that was the thing that got me. I had other friends who would just talk, 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 and talk about being a Christian. This dude actually lived it out, and you know what it did? It drew this thing out of me to go, dude, whatever you have, I want it, man. I'm sick of my life. I'm sick of being in this hole, and I want to get out. Question, do you do that to people? Do you live so vibrantly in love with God or so strong with God? People are like, man, something's different about that girl. Something's different about that guy. Look, friends, if you're not, you are responsible to live and go out into this world and preach the gospel through your life. You know what the greatest sermon is? It's not a, a one that comes from your mouth. It's one that comes from your life. The people around you want Jesus because the way you live, or in fact, they're just like, ah, you're just like everybody else. You need a why to make you cry. You need a someone that's going to drive you to make this, make this worth it. And if it's worth that one person, I'm going to tell you like this, dude. It will be worth getting up. It will be worth reading. It will be worth praying. Will, all the things, all the heartache will be completely worth it because you know that one day, maybe that one person got saved because you did your part. Somebody say amen if you're with me. Come on. So step number one is decide, are you a believer or a disciple? Step number two, you need a why to cry. Step number three, how do we do this, okay? I'm going to make it simple. Look, I know some of y'all, you'll be like, yo, I just pick up the Bible and I just start like, I just like, I just drop it. You know what I mean? I just drop it on the floor, and I'm like, the Lord spoke, and I like pick it up, and I pick it up, and it says, Judas hung himself. And I'd be like, oh, Lord, you want me to do No, that's not how God wants us to read the Bible, okay? All right? We need to know how to actually build a foundation so that we won't fall. So here, I'm going to make it simple. Here we go. Okay, we're going to go like this and do Okay, you guys ready? Here we go. Praise him. Hi, I'm you, all right, okay, here's it, yes, you are very good looking, thank you, okay, here's the deal, this stool represents the four key areas, okay, that if you master these four key areas in your spiritual life, you will not fall, you will not walk away from God, you will be one that will rewrite statistics, and you will stand firm till the end, watch this, four key areas, okay, number one, actually, I'm gonna start over here, everybody say, temptation, Okay, temptation, everybody say, run like a white girl. Sorry, white girl, I'm going to explain that later. Okay, cool. Number two, all right. <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I love you. Okay, cool. Everybody say number two, say Bible. Bible. 
All right, look, everybody say, it's the roadmap. I'm going to show you in a second, okay? Number three, everybody say, worship and friends. Just say this, who you hang with is who you become. Say garbage in, garbage out. Last but not least, everybody say prayer. Prayer is two-way talk with God. Question, my friend, I don't know why I'm feeling this, bro, but just pretend you had a pocket chainsaw, all right? Literally a chainsaw in your pocket. You pulled it out underneath your chair. You came up here and you went to cut off, not my leg, that'd be disgusting, but you cut off one of the legs on this, on this, on this chair right here. Ladies and gentlemen, what would happen to your guest speaker? I would not only fall, I would be dead, like dead, dead, okay? And this would be a murder scene, like <laughs> 5979 murder scene, okay? This is not good, okay? Here's the deal. The same thing is if you, all right, if you don't have all four of these areas locked down in your spiritual life, you too will fall. You will be just like the statistics, man, absolutely just like the statistics. In fact, the world is telling you right now, you will be, you will be the 90%. Do you like that? Well, that's, change it then. Put your money where your mouth is. So here's the deal. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. I'm going to help you out. Are you guys ready? We're going to go in, okay? Eight minutes and 13 seconds. Done. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody say temptation. temptation. Friends, if you know how to fight temptation, you can win this game. This is what a lot of people do. They're just like, oh, no. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm texting. Uh, oh, and then we're at each other's houses. And, oh, we're watching movies. And, oh, then we're doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. And, uh, girl, who made you do that? Fella, who made you do that? Oh, let me tell you what you usually tell me. It was the devil, Pastor Nate. I had this girl one time, low-key. She was like this. She was like, oh, my gosh, Pastor Nate, you don't even understand. Like, the devil, just like, he made me do it. He just just whispered in my ear, and just like, my body took over. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, text this guy and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. So um, the devil made you pull your phone out and say, hey, boo, come over, right? And she was like, yes, Pastor Nate, Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so then the devil, when he came to your house, um, well, l- let me back up. Um, the devil made you buy him an Uber, right? She's like, no, best name. He, no, the devil didn't do that one. I did that one. Okay, yes, right. Okay, cool. Um, then the devil um, opened the door, right? Yes, fascinating. The devil did that one. Absolutely did it. Okay, cool. Then the devil said, go here, go there, watch the movie, and then all of a sudden other things start coming off and all that kind of stuff, right? The devil did that, and she goes, no, fascinating. That did not happen. Absolutely. Here's the deal. Temptation. You want to know how to win? You want to know how to win? Because the devil's roaring like a lion, literally waiting to see who he can devour, okay? You want to know how you win? Look on the screen. Peter says, be alert and sober mind. Your enemy devils around like roaring line looking for someone to devour. This is how you win it. On the screen, survey says, run! Turn to the person next to you and say, run! My friend, it's, um, how do I say this? It's really simple. You want to know how to stay pure? Run away from the stuff that's going to make you want to do bad stuff. You're like, yeah, but I just delete the app, young man. It's that simple. Girls, don't play. 40% of you all struggling too. Don't worry. I know the stats. You're like, oh, I don't look. Girl, don't, don't play yourself, okay? Here's the deal. We've got to get real about our sin, okay? And high schoolers, oh, I love this, okay? High schoolers, quit blaming everybody else. You're responsible and you're old enough. Grow up. Grow up. If you want to live this faith life, quit blaming, well, this happened in my life and this happened. And I, I'm sorry that those things happened. For real, I am. 
but that does not make you a victim. You decide whether you're going to be a victim or a victor. You have a choice. You can either run from these things and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I'm living the life God called me to, or you can fall for the trap just like everybody else does. Make sense? Say yeah. Check this out. Number two, all right, and I'll explain another day, run like a white girl, because we don't have time. All right, here we go. Number two, everybody say, the Bible. Why is this thing important? Well, it's like this. Life is like a minefield, like bombs all over Baghdad. And here's the deal. That was an outcast shout out. Some of y'all knew that. Okay, cool. Awesome. It's like this. We literally have a map given to us, and it says, hey, here's where all of the mine bombs are going to be at. If you pay attention to the map, you won't blow up. And we'd be like this. We'd be like, yeah, I got it. Oh, snap. Nah, that's cool. Hey, I know, Pastor, I'm supposed to, like, read that map or whatever, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, oh, well, um, it's okay, um, nubby. <laughs> okay, that's fine. No, but, oh, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're, like, like, flopping around on the floor, just, like, bleeding and dying and stuff like that. And it's not necessary. Friends, the Bible gives us exactly what to do, when to do it, and it will tell you how to do it. You know what it does? It literally takes all these confusing thoughts and separates it literally from like bone with the marrow in the middle, separates the two. That's how specific the Word of God can get in all your business. You're like, the Bible doesn't talk about Yes, it does. There are principles for every single thing. You know why? Because God did this. He wasn't like, hey, figure it out. Come to heaven figure it out. No, baby. He literally wrote a book and says, will you read it? Because if you read it, I'll save your life. But this is what we do. Eh. We don't think we need it. No, friend. You need this word. You know why you've been struggling? Because you ain't reading this word. So how do we do this? You're like, but pastor, I don't know where to read. Do not, I repeat, do not do this. I'm going to start in Genesis, and I'm just going to read the entire Bible until I'm done. Yeah, when you get to the book called Numbers, girl, I hate math. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate the math, right? It's like so-and-so begot so-and-so, and who had a baby's mama of so-and-so, and who's step-uncles, da-da-da, and Jesus, right? And you're like, cool. I just summarized the whole book for you, basically, okay? Then you get to Leviticus. Friends, go to Matthew chapter 5. Can I be honest with you? Can I tell you a secret? You want to know how I know the Bible, like, pretty well, and I got through most of my life as a Christian? You want to know how? I read the book of Matthew over and over and over and over again. Don't tell anybody. I really didn't read much of anything else. You know why? Because Jesus was in Matthew. And I figured, yo, if I can just, like, memorize this one book, I'll look real good in front of my friends. And then, two, I'll know what Jesus actually wants me to live. Is this crazy or not? Somebody high-five somebody say, Matthew 5. So check this out. Read for a need. Go Google and you say, man, what do I need right now? When you go read the Bible, read for a need. And here's the deal. You need to find it. Go, okay, I'm struggling with X. Then put Google Bible verses about X. They will come up. You start reading them. Does this make sense? Like way more simple than we make it, okay? Number two inside of the air, okay, is read his voice until you hear his voice. Who in here needs to know and hear God's voice, man? You want to know your purpose, who you're supposed to marry, like where you're supposed to go to college, like all that kind of stuff in life. Am I supposed to marry her? <laughs> you know, am I supposed to date her? Like, is this catfish? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, cool. All right, cool. Awesome. We'll keep moving. Um, here's the deal. Read his voice. Watch this. The more you read his voice and you know what he sounds like, when you start hearing those voices in your head, you'll be like, oh, skirt, that is not Jesus. We're good on that one. And then the ones that are God, you went, ooh, that sounds just like Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. I think I just heard God. Boom! You just got it. Make sense? Say yeah. 
Last two here. Everybody say worship. worship. Everybody say garbage in, garbage out. Why does this matter? Well, I'm going to make it really simple for you. Um, I got a lot of people doing stuff like this. Bro, for real, this is the deal. Dudes come over like, yo, dog, Pastor Nate, you don't even understand, man. Yo, like, uh, I just keep, like, you know, lusting, bro, and I just want to, like, low-key just do these drugs. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Um, question. Do you listen to any songs that happen to talk about, I'll be popping pilly, maybe feeling like a rock star? Wait, what? I'd be popping pillies? Zan? Zans? What? Oh, he's talking about drugs. No wonder you want to do drugs, because you're listening to music about drugs. You're like, uh, but you know, Pastor, I don't, I, it ain't really like that. I'd be like, Gucci man, Gucci man, Gucci man, Gucci man. And then you're like, why do I have issues with the opposite sex? Why am I lusting? Guys, check, check your intake, right? Ladies, don't let me play with you, but I'm going to go ahead and play over here for a second. How about some good, like, Pastor Nate, you don't understand, I'd be so sad. You know, I'd be like, I got you. Like, that's real. I'm not going to play with that, but I'm going to step over here for a second. But the part that you do to yourself, let's talk about that. I don't know why, but some girls be like, oh, my gosh, he's just so cute, and he's just like, you know, he's just the best. And like, um, oh, my gosh, what's his song? I got to sing his song again. Um, how's it go? Uh, 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 wait, where is it? Wait, oh, I think, I think, here, let me, let me read the lyric I wrote down here so I get it right. Uh, how's it go? Uh, uh. Push me to the edge, all my friends are dead. Push me to the edge, I don't really care if you. What? You're like, I don't know why I'm so depressed. You're listening to a dude talk about killing himself and all his friends are dead. Hello? Does this make sense? Somebody say yeah. Somebody say garbage in. Garbage out, man. Okay, this makes a big difference. Watch this. I dare you. I dare you to do a detox from all secular music, media, and, and, and social stuff for seven days and watch how you feel. I guarantee you'll change your life. Cool. Peace. All right. Last two here. Everybody say friends. friends. Here's the deal, friends. Who you hang out with is who you become. Look. I was in seventh grade living for Jesus Christ, going to a, to a really dope youth ministry, and how did it turn around? Basically, I went with the wrong dudes at the wrong time, and what did we start doing? Of course, they were smoking pot. Of course, they were looking at porn. Of course, they were doing all the stuff that I shouldn't be doing, and what happened? I was like, well, they're cool. They're kind of fun, so I'm just going to hang out with them, but I won't, I won't be infected by it, right? Wrong. I fell just like everybody else, and here's the deal. A lot of us do this. We, I call it missionary dating. Can I talk to the ladies? Hey, don't date him and think you're going to save him. It won't work. Invite his butt to church and get one of these dudes or a few dudes to call him and text him like mad. Hang out in a friendship circle and then get him to come in. But don't think that you by dating that person, they're going to come to Christ. It's real. Make sense? Yeah? Here's the deal. Eyes closed. I want you to go and pick out a whip. Yes, a vehicle, all right? Your favorite car, okay? And in this car, you're going to go ahead and go around these seats, and you're going to put in the favorite people of your life. Ready? One, two, three, go. Your best friends, okay? Like ride or die, he's in the front seat, two friends in the back seat. You got them? Cool? Here's the deal. I need you to know something. Friends are like elevator buttons. They either take you up or they take you down. 
There's no such thing as a neutral friendship. You're like, nah, we're just kind of like right in the middle. If they're neutral, nothing stays neutral. Put some milk out in a dish and just put it in somewhere where nothing's happening. It's just neutral. It will eventually grow mold. That's just how it works, okay? Same thing with your friendships. If they're not pushing you up, they're definitely pulling you down. Ready? I want you to do a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We're going to go in the back seat, okay? The friends in the back seat, you're going to put a thumbs up. They're pulling you up towards Christ or thumbs down. Here we go. One, two, three. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thank you for your honesty. Eyes closed. You don't got to tell on your friend next to you, you know, who needs Jesus. That's totally okay. Here we go. All right. All right. Cool. Here we go. Awesome. Other friend in the back seat. One, two, three. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thank you for your honesty, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Last but not least, this is the biggest one. Best friend in the front seat. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Yep. Cool. Can I just tell you this? Don't be like this guy up here and waste six years of your life walking away from God just because you wanted to look cool in front of a couple people. And can I tell you, newsflash, they probably won't be your friends after high school anyway. You're like, no, 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 no. That's cool. Fight for the godly friendships. I'm going to tell you like this, when you go back to that reunion and you haven't hung out for a long time, it's usually because it didn't really matter in the first place. Make sense? Last but not least, band, come on up here. Everybody say prayer. What is prayer simply? Two-way talk with God. Everybody say two-way talk with God. I'm going to close out with a story tonight, and it kind of goes like this, man. If I can actually, Dan, can I have a, a Daniel, can I have that chair? What are we really talking about? Prayer. I used to think that prayer was just this, like, eloquent words. <laughs> and you can tell, I do not talk eloquently. <laughs> what I found myself doing is consistently trying to sound like I'm talking Shakespeare or try to sound super spiritual and use words with like salvation and redemption and all these shun words that I didn't really get. And I realized one day this story really, really helped my life out. It kind of went like this. There was basically a a pastor and he was coming to visit this this old man. And uh, how it kind of, the whole thing worked out is that uh, this old man is in his deathbed, like literally last few days before he was supposed to pass away. Eyes up here, eyes up right here. Last few days of, you know, life and supposed to pass away, the pastor walks in the room and he notices that the man is, is laying down in his bed, but there's a chair sitting right next to him. The pastor comes in and goes, hey, what's, what's the chair? What's, the, what's that about? He goes, were you expecting me? And the old man kind of got awkward and he goes, uh, no. And he goes, well, what's the chair about? So the old man goes, pastor, can I be honest with you for a moment? I said, absolutely. What's up? And he goes, to be honest, I always thought I wasn't good enough. To be honest, I didn't know about this whole Jesus spiritual thing. To be honest, I felt like it was kind of complex and I didn't really understand it. But yet there was still something inside of me that felt like it was real. I just didn't know how to do this whole relationship with God thing. He goes, okay. And he goes, well... One of my best friends one day, I was talking to him, and he goes, hey, man, why don't you pray for us? And I said, I, I don't know how to pray. I, don't, I can't do all that, that spiritual stuff. I don't know how to do it. And his friend goes, wait, hold on. What do you think prayer is? He goes, well, I think it's all these things. He goes, no, 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 no. He's like, that's not, that's not prayer. He's like, prayer is simple, man. He goes, in fact, let me show you what prayer is. He goes, take a chair. Sit it across from you. Take another chair and sit down in it. 
And he goes, all I want you to do is I want you to envision Jesus sitting in the chair across from you. And then all I want you to do is look him in the eyes and talk to him. That's it. Because you want to know what prayer really is? He says it's two-way talk with God. Ask him a question, then stop talking and listen. Let him speak to you. Sometimes it takes a long time, but I tell you, if you keep holding on, it'll be worth it. And he goes, be honest, pastor, I began to do this every single day. Some days I miss, some days I'd forget. You know, when I woke up in the morning, I'd pre- pretend he was sitting on the edge of my bed, or, you know, when I was driving in the car, or at the end of the day, whatever it be, I would set that chair over, and I'd begin to have that conversation with him. He goes, to be honest with you, it got easier and easier. And I began to build that real relationship with God. The pastor goes, man, you know, thanks for sharing that with me. That was it's awesome. So well, I'll see you around. He goes, I'll see you later, pastor. Next day, the old man died. And what was interesting is that the daughter called the pastor. The daughter called the pastor and said, hey, pastor, uh, my dad, he died in the middle of the night. And the pastor said, I'm so sorry. And he goes, no, I, I don't know, thank you, but I just I felt like I needed to tell you what happened. I what do you mean? She goes, well, when I found my dad this morning in the hospital bed, he wasn't just laying in the bed. He was actually resting his head on the chair next to him. Resting his head on the chair. Did you get it? Did you get it, boys? God's real. He's not some fake idea or some big ominous presence that's out there trying to look at your life through a magnifying glass and pick you apart. He's a loving father who loves you dearly. He just wants to talk to you, man. Dude, he wants to hear about your day. He wants to hear about the days that that things completely sucked. He also wants to hear about the days that things were completely awesome. He welcomes your questions. He welcomes your doubts. But he wants you to listen because he'll speak to you. And the more and more you read that word, you're going to hear his voice, man. And you're going to have that same relationship just like that man did at his last breath. He had such a real relationship. He trusted God with his life as he passed into eternity. This is how I want to close tonight. Would you just stand up to your feet tonight? Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would. If you're here tonight, I want to make a challenge for you. Let's recap. Number one, make a decision. Commit. Have you been sitting on that fence just like I was? I was 18 years old, man. One foot in the world and one foot for God. And I remember reading one time and hearing that God doesn't want us to be lukewarm, man. He wants us to either be completely hot or completely cold, but don't be lukewarm, man. If you're going to do this God thing, 
then do it all the way. Take the step off the fence, man, and do whatever you got to do and walk out those four areas, man, because I guarantee it'll be well worth the while. But tonight, what are you going to do? Are you going to burn the boats? What do you need to let go of, young man, young woman? Is there someone that you know is a friendship that you need to let go of tonight? Young man, young woman, is it, is it an app? Is it somebody you've been, you know, it's been going down in the DM and you need to let go of some people that way? What is it for you? Maybe for you it's just all these things that you fill your mind with in media. It's bringing you down. What do you need to let go of tonight? So number one, I want you to, I want to ask you, will you commit tonight, commit tonight to become not just a believer anymore, but to be a fully committed disciple of Jesus.